What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the next edition of the Golden Ticket Show. Coming up next for you guys is going to be the best NBA bets, best um, Premier League that's coming up. All that and more coming up on the Golden Ticket Show. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, we're on for another edition here. Um, I'm very excited to get this going with you guys as we break down today's slate. Uh, apologies for the no show yesterday. I uh, had to deal with some stuff. Uh, just didn't have, and then didn't have the energy afterwards to get a uh, a show going. So, uh, with that being said, I am very excited to see kind of what we have going on here today. Um, so I hope everyone had a great last couple of days. Um, we kind of we kind of hit a little back and forth in the last two. Um, not the best game, uh, you know, the day that we wanted yesterday, but you know, we'll we'll always take what we can get. Um, and that was definitely a um, you know, a day we kind of hit mid. We had a we had a lot of bad beats. We had a lot of not just that one college bet that we were um um that we were looking at, uh, but we had like three different bets lose by one. Um, I think the Oakland bet lost by one Houston lost by one. It, it was just a very, a very weird day. Um, something that, you know, we just, I always wanted a day to wash it all away because it wasn't bad bets. It's just, it felt like I was heading towards that kind of downslope where it was going to start getting worse and worse and worse. So I would have rather just kind of just get it over with. And, um do the best we can uh on today's slate so with that being said let's go ahead and we're gonna break down um we're gonna start with uh some premier league action uh we have one game tomorrow we're gonna give you guys a preview of that we're gonna give you guys a preview for what to look for in nfl props for tomorrow's game as well as uh, if we got time today, we're going to break down the no sweat and the 50% profit boost parlays on DraftKings and give you guys something for that. So we, I'm excited. I think today's going to be a fun day. Let's go ahead and we're going to break down this Brighton Liverpool game uh, as best I can for you guys. Now I know a lot of you guys aren't as big soccer fans as I am or football as they say, uh, but we're, but this just shows in any sporting capacity that you can um, you can profit as long as you uh, you know kind of analyze things. So we look here. Um, the big uptrends is that Brighton and Hove Albion BHA has allowed twenty nine percent less possession than the league average. They're controlling the possession a lot, and they've scored twenty seven percent more goals than the rest of the league averages. Um, and not only do they allow less possession, they're controlling more. Of the, so it's not just balls going out. It's that they're holding onto the ball. They're playing a very kind of slow, methodical pace, and they're making teams play at their pace. While Crystal Palace, over their last five games, they've conceded uh, more goals than their average over the last five. They've had a couple of very rough games. Um, while Brighton and Hove Albion, they've scored 19 less percent goals. So like I said, this conservative play style that they've kind of switched to has been kind of a struggle. And they've allowed 17% more shots. So um, we're, we're going to look at their kind of head-to-head here in the last two years. Um, there hasn't been much. It's been a lot of draws. If you look here, um, they've drawn both times at Crystal Palace. They uh, But Crystal Palace hasn't won at Brighton in two years. Uh, uh, Brighton is the only team to the win. These two teams kind of head, toward, head towards draws in the last couple. And Brighton won the last matchup so before that three consecutive draws before the last time these two teams played um if you look uh the in their four games look i mean we've we're seeing a lot i'm seeing a lot of like zero zero ties so that might be something to look at is like a double chance here the draw um 
you know, you can find, uh, you can find some, uh, you could probably find a double chance here as a, a good line to look at. I'm trying to see if I can find that now. Uh, double chance if you take um, either team with a tie, it's fairly lower odds. You could probably put it with something as a parlay, maybe kick down the odds a bit. But we see here, uh, like as we see here, look, they're holding majority of this possession. They're holding majority of in the matchups against these teams. So it seems like they have kind of they've kind of got their number. And they say as you look, it was a 1-0 win back last March. 1-1-1-1-1-1. So it's been a 1-1 score in just about every single game. So I think uh if we look at some of these trends this season, Crystal Palace, they started off strong. They're slow they're struggling the last couple. Um they're giving up uh 11th most of the 20 teams in goals against. Uh, while only scoring 17th most. Um, but the big thing is both these teams are giving up goals here. Um, as you can see, league average is about one and a half goals. They're going just under, they're just over, and they're giving up uh, mo more goals while they're staying at league pace. Um, recent games, they have not won in five straight. They're, uh, they had to draw their last game. Um, you can see they drew, they drew with Man City, which I think is really big for them, uh, given their struggles, as you can see. Um, they had a draw against West Ham. They lost to Luton Town, uh, lost to a Bournemouth team that's just on the edge of relegation, and they lost to Liverpool, whereas a 2-0 loss to Arsenal. Um, you know, they beat they beat the teams down at the lower end of the table, and they've kind of been and they've kind of been back and forth with teams in the middle ground to the top end of the table. So, but in these last five games, they're still at pace and they've been struggling here um, while both teams have been giving up about the same amount of goals. Um, the big thing to look at is in the last five games, Ja Pedro's getting about point. He's got, he's been doing, a, he's had the most goals over the last five games. Um, as we can see, I'm going to pull up the leaderboard here uh, between these two teams. As we look here, uh, most goals, Pedro and Ferguson have had the most goals. Most shots and shots on target here have been, um, have really just been, um, you know, it's it's been these two. The, there's been three or four. Like we have Gro Peter Gross here has gotten a lot of shots on target, um, but he's not really connecting as well, but he's gotten a lot of assists. So I think him to get a goal, um, if you look, players with the most shots on target, you have Gross. Ferguson, uh, Mitoma. So players, I mean, you could get, um, you can get Pedro at uh, minus two twenty five for a shot on target. Um, I again, I I kind of like this. Um, I kind of like looking at that kind of stuff for these two teams. Uh, but the big thing to look forward to here, um. You know, as we scroll down to like last five, and you know, kind of the like the players to watch the injury report um, is that uh, these two teams have just been. I I don't even know really how to uh, describe them. Um, as you can see, look, they the as we look at the game total. Between these two teams, over two and a half is hit at a 58% rate. Um, 20 of 34 games is opened at two and a half. Um, there hasn't really been any movement. Um, you got both teams to score. Brighton and Crystal, they have – both teams have scored in, in the last five games – uh, you know, Crystal here, they've scored in four of their five games, um, whereas Brighton has scored in four consecutive and they got shut out last game. So this bet is hit in four or five for both teams. Um, you know, we can look at even team total for Brighton. Hove Albion one and a half has hit 
Um, but the big thing to look at isn't just in the last five or this season. It is the matchup. So these two, they scored exactly one goal in each of their games. So I think that's something to really look out for here. I think my best bet for this would be is um, I'm going to take um, I'm going to take Jao Pedro to get at least I can't decide if I want to take Pedro or Ferguson to score, but I think one of them are going to score. Um, I think the best bet I can honestly find is is you can do I think I'm gonna do a parlay for this one. We're gonna do over one and a half goals and um, I think we'll do Brighton or tie and make that like a 145. Um, I think that's going to be our best bet for that game is we're just going to do minus 145, uh, minus 145 two leg there, both uh, over one and a half goals scored and Brighton or it's high. I just don't see Crystal Palace winning this game. Um, that's, that's just, I mean, my personal opinion there. I think that's the biggest thing I can take away from that. So, and we'll have more on that tomorrow. I'm going to look at some more stuff later tonight uh, before I make any bet on any kind of player props. Um, Anything that um, anything else I kind of look at, we'll go over tomorrow and then we'll probably do a preview of Friday's game um, as I think there is also a game on Friday. Yeah, it's uh, Sheffield United versus Aston Villa. That one should be fairly easy. Um, I think I already kind of know mine for that, but I just want to do some research just in case. So let's go on to NCAA basketball. Now, there is a lot of games tonight. I've got five, my five best ones. I think that's what we might start doing is we're going to start doing our five best bets for every game. As you can see on the bottom here, I think that's going to be the easiest way to go over um, this. So we don't run out of too much time. We're going to go over five to six bets for each game, find the ones I like. And then if we have any other added plays, I'll put my research into why on Twitter when we add these plays in. So let's go over our top five plays. Our first one is going to be, Baylor plus three going against the Duke Blue Devils. Okay, so this is now this is why I love this game here. If you look, Baylor is much due for a bounce back after four days off. This is uh, three days off after a 24 point blowout to Michigan State at home. Now, this is a neutral site game. It is going to be played at MSG. Um, but if you look at kind of who these two teams have played, now, outside of Arizona and the little nine-point take care of uh, Michigan State, they have not played anyone. I mean, you can maybe say Arkansas, but they haven't played anyone well. As you can see, they're four-and-a-half-point favorites, and they lost by five to Arkansas. They haven't really covered the spread other than some of these blowout games. And outside of this one game, they've covered a three-point spread pretty handily. If you look, the only other times they haven't covered a spread was uh, Webb. They won by 15, a uh, 23-point favorite, and then a 16-point win as a 16-and-a-half-point favorite. So kind of right there on the line. Um, I'll take Baylor here. I think Baylor shoots lights out. And Duke just does it with Proctor possibly playing not at 100% today. I just don't think they have the perimeter defense to kind of stop this team that puts four shooters outside. I think Filipowski is going to need to stay down low, and it's going to force them to kind of struggle on defense. So I really like Baylor in this one. So that is play number one. Play number two will be Xavier and St. John's. Over, I caught this at 155 and a half, so I'm going to alter the line down to 155 and a half to show you guys why I like this play so much. Oh, it will not let me, apparently. So let me go back up to 157 and a half. Now, or will it? Am I just stupid? I am stupid. Okay, so now look, this, this hasn't went over um, in the last couple games for both teams. But I really like this because both these teams in the last couple games have played teams that are very slow paced. And if you look, Xavier has scored 
Um, except for teams that are top tier defenses, they've scored 70 uh, or more points in every game but two this year. And that was Houston, who is arguably one of the best defensive teams in the league. And St. Mary's, who plays at such a slow pace, you have to play their game. And they still beat St. Mary's by 17. That was big. Now, I I like this because some of these teams that have had good interior defense, like Purdue, like Washington, they still put up 70. So they're putting up about 70 a game on their own. And against teams that are in the bottom half in defense, they're giving they're scoring close to 80s. We see Delaware, Cincinnati. Um, they almost dropped 80 on Oakland. They dropped 100 on Bryant. Uh, versus a team, as you can see here, they have hit 70 or more in every game but one this year. Again, it was a game against a team who's known for slow pace and defense, so this score wasn't going to be that big. But 22-point win over Fordham. They lost by six, but they still dropped 80. 85 against Sam Houston, 79 against West Virginia, 91 against Holy Cross, 91 on Utah, 81 on Dayton, 73 in a loss to Michigan, and 90 on Stony Brook. Their they're playing with a defense, uh, an offensive level that makes you have to match them. So with both these teams averaging around 75 to 80 points a game, I'd rather take the over here and uh, live with a bad shooting night from both teams. I think that's the only way we see this game not going over um, as I'm actually going to pull up their team stats here. Uh, St. John's is averaging 80 a game and Xavier's averaging 76 and a half. So that puts this at 156 and a half already i think this game is probably going to be closer to a 170 spread so if um i'm i'm taking this over with ease here i really like this play our next play is going to be yukon minus eight let me find the game real quick so and while i do let me tell you why i like this play so much so yukon is in a position where they need a they need a win here I think this is a game they I think they're put in a position where they're going to need a big win against a conference opponent. Um because as you can see they beat the um they beat Gonzaga by 13 essentially in Gonzaga. It was a neutral site game, but it was essentially in Gonzaga. So, uh I like that. If you look at their schedule, I think this is a team that's ready to repeat. I would even put money on them to win the chip again because I have not found a single flaw in their defense as of yet this season. I can't find anything that makes me not want to like this team. As you can see, if you look in their games this year, they've had they've lost to one top tier team. And that was Kansas. And they only lost by four and they were a three point underdog. But as a favorite, they have covered in every game, but three in those three games were big blowout games. And I think that's hard with a team that usually tends to play a little bit of a slow ish uh, pace. I think they're willing to let you score, um, but they like to take time with their offense. And when they're scoring quick, it's because you, they found a hole in the defense and they're going to keep exploiting it. But they have covered a nine-point spread in every game this year except for Kansas as a favorite. I like them uh, to win this game. I think this is a big game against a Seton Hall team that is coming off kind of a, a big win over Mizzou. Um, you know, they struggled against Rutgers. They struggled against Baylor. Uh, they even – honestly, they struggled a bit against New England here. They struggled against Iowa. They were a one-and-a-half-point favorite over Iowa. They lost by 13. I think this is a team – this is a big conference game. And I really like Connecticut here. So we're giving me UConn on the win there. Uh, the next one we have is going to be Pitt versus Purdue, Fort Wayne, Mastodons. We're taking the over. Again, I caught this at 155, I think 156. But we'll play this at 157 right now just to show you guys kind of what's going on over here. As we see on the screen you have um, a team that's, if you look, they have scored 70 or more every game except for one this season, and that was, um, excuse me, yeah, one, and that was against uh, San Francisco. But if you look, they're they're putting up, they've put up 94 different times this year. They put up 130 in a game. Yeah, it was a blowout game, but they put up 82 on DePaul. They put up. 93 on South Dakota, 
And they even put up 75 against a Green Bay team that is notorious for their slow pace and their low games. Um, and they still hit the over on that one. But if you look, every game they've had this year has the low, other than that Green Bay game, the lowest spread is 145, which equals out to about 73 to 74 points per team. So I think, so this is a team that I think they're expecting a lot offensively from, and they love to play this transition pace of attack, attack, attack. And uh, especially the same thing as Pitt. While they have not hit this line um, in the last couple of games, Again, their their last four games have been against teams whose mission is to slow you down and make you play their game. Both of these teams love to play in transition, and with the fact that both teams have played opponents that do not like to run, they like to slow you down. I they're going to. I think they're going to both want to play. I think they're both going to let the other one run up the field. I like the scoring here. We're going to take that one. And then our final one before the break is a team that I didn't think I would be betting a lot this year because I was not the highest on them going in. But it's going to be New Mexico going up against uh, the Ant Eaters. I'm big on this game for one reason, and that is New Mexico is almost impossible to play against at home this year. If you can see right here, as you can see at home in their last 20 games, while the coverage hasn't been the best, they're covering at a 57% rate at home this season. Uh, if you look, they, they've they tended to play a lot of these like low, small conferences, um, like low, mid D1s, and dominate them. You see uh, UC Santa Barbara, who's been fairly solid this year. They beat by 23. Uh, you have New Mexico State at home. They beat them by 40 in a rivalry. They beat, I don't even know who LT is, but they beat them by nine. They beat Pepperdine by uh, 19 as a nine-point favorite. They beat Toledo as an underdog at home by eight. And they beat, I think it's Texas Austin. They beat they lost, uh, They only beat them by two. Is the only one they have not covered the actual spread against. And Texas Southern, they beat by almost 40. This team likes to play, fa uh, likes to dominate at home. And New Mexico is not the best place to play for opposing teams. So we're going to take that. And if you look as an away team, they've been pretty solid on the coverage. Um, they haven't played a lot of teams where they're a big underdog. I think the biggest underdog they've been is USC. And they beat them by 10. Yeah. And then other than that, you know, they've been um, – they were a nine-point favorite and they only uh, – underdog they lost by one. As a three-and-a-half-point favorite, they lost by eight. They've covered a lot of these spreads, but I just think this is a game where New Mexico is going to dominate. I think they're going to come out hard, and they need a big win here at home. And why not against a struggling uh, against a struggling small division and get a quick win? Um, so that's our NCAA plays coming up after the break. We're going to go over some NBA action for tonight, so stay tuned. My name's Ryan Allison. I've spent over a decade immersed in the art of tattooing. Sharply honing my skills has materialized into a diverse and prestigious body of work. Each tattoo reflects my relentless pursuit of excellence, and every client I work with is a living embodiment of that unwavering commitment. I will gladly and wholeheartedly embrace your distinct vision. Welcome back. Let's get into some NBA action here. So uh, as we pull up our first game, once again, all these plays are going to be running on the bottom of the screen here. I'm going to go into my first game that I love tonight, which is going to be Clippers Moneyline. Now let's go into why I like this. So one, let's look at this season. The Clippers have not been the best on the road, but currently during this win streak, they have not lost a lot at home in the last couple. As you can see, let's see, they're on one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. An eight-game win streak. Most of these have been at home, and the two have been away has been an indie team with uh, injured Halliburton and Utah. Now, the reason why I like this one is in the last 10, both of these teams are 50-50. There's no real advantage here. But the Clippers are playing strong. 
we have injuries out the board. As we know, Paul George is a game-time decision, but the way that Kawhi's been playing, I don't think they're going to even need Paul George tonight. But they're going against a Mavs team that's out Josh Green, out Kyrie, out Lively, out Maxi Kleber. They're out everyone, which means Luke is going to have to do everything. And if Paul George plays, that means that you have two top 10 defenders in the NBA that are both going to be on Luka. So that's that's the main reason for this play. Uh, as you can see in their last six games on the road, they are five and one. As you can see here, look, their last 10, let's look at their last five. And they've won five consecutive on the road. Uh, they've won four of their last five on the road, five of their last six. And the one loss was to Golden State. They handed Sacramento a 14-point loss. They haven't had the best out of, um, you know, the last the last six. So that, that, might, that could be a little bit of a misleading stat there. But I think the way the Clippers are playing this hot streak, I don't think it ends tonight. I think they stay strong. So we're going to rock with them tonight. The next one we have, I don't like this one, but I've seen too much action on too many, too many things people have said that have made me take this. So we're going to take it as well. We're taking the Kings money line. Now, again, let's look at this right here. Kings are five and one in their last six games at home. We, and so let's look at their last 10 though. So they've won four consecutive. They beat OKC, which is big. They beat Brooklyn, which is big. They dominated Utah, and they beat a struggling Washington team. They're one. They're in the last ten. They've only lost two at home, which has been to the Pelicans by ten and the Clippers by fourteen. So when they're losing at home, they're losing by a lot. But if you look at these wins, they beat the Warriors, beat Cleveland, they beat OKC, OKC twice this season on the road um, at home, and not to mention on the season on home. They have only lost two, three games. They're 10 and three at home versus a Boston team. That's six and six on the road. And if you look, they have lost four consecutive games on the road, including to Charlotte and Indy and Golden State and Orlando. So their, their last road victory was a three-game streak between Philly, Toronto, Memphis. But if you look, they have not played well on the road this year. Um, I think this is going to be a big stat coming through, and especially after a very tough game in overtime last night. I love Sacramento here. Um, and we're going to bring it back to the East Coast for this next one. I'm taking Nick's money line. If you want to take the spread, by all means, go for it. But there's a reason I'm taking this. The Brooklyn Nets, are there, even though they're 17-4 and four in the last showing game as a favorite, this game has switched back to the Knicks' favor. Um, as you can see, there not no real injuries that are going to affect this game, but um, and you can't really use away home stats because this is a New York battle, so it's pretty much neutral ground for both teams. But let's look at their head to head last year. The Knicks won, um, the Knicks uh won two, yeah, they they split it last year. Um, this, this is like honestly, this has been one of the most even matchups of the year. As you can see, look, one team's six and four, one's five and five in their last 10. One, the, but the big one here is in their last 10, those losses have come in their last three games. They lost by 23 to Denver. They lost by four. They lost by 17 versus a Knicks team that has kind of went back and back. Uh, they, the Knicks haven't really, the thing with the Knicks, and it's been their thing all year, is they don't win a lot consecutively and they don't lose a lot consecutively. So I, but I think this is a big game. Um, for them to step up with, they have a two game series against the Bucks coming up over the next couple of days. So this is something that they definitely need to uh, lock in a big win in the division because as hot as the Bucks are, that could be two games that could hurt them. So uh, for conference play wise, they need a big win here. I think the way they're playing is good. I think they match up better to them than Brooklyn does to New York. So give me the Knicks money line here. Um, I love that action. Um, you could even almost look at their over here. 232, I think, might be high. I think in a lot of these divisional matchups, um, if you can see this season, look at some of these games against teams in their division. So Boston, they went under. You have Boston again. They went under. You have, I think that's it. Have they not played Philly yet this year? I swear they did. So they've only played, it looks like, no, they played Toronto twice. Yeah, so Toronto, they went over by 10. 
and then they went over both times. So I think, but I think the big thing here is that a lot of these potential playoff matchups in the East, they've had uh, a couple overs and a couple unders as they've played Boston three times already. They're two and one on the under Milwaukee. uh, The under has been kind of consistent, but I mean, they've had a couple of these games where the teams have just been hot, but I think with this being such a big division rivalry game, and a city rivalry game, they're playing for more than just uh, another W in the in the game. So give me them money line here. Uh, the next one we have is a Cavs-Pacers money line play. Um, I'm not going to pull up the stats on this one, but this one's simple. You have a Pacers team, I think Halliburton, that needs a big win here. They're 1-4 since the in-season tournament. And Charlotte is also on, is on a five-game losing streak. I think this is a big game. For Indy to to, to kind of, I think they're going to let out some aggression tonight. I would even take their spread, but um, Charlotte's been a, a slightly weird cover machine over the last couple games. So I would, um, I, I'm just taking this money line with Cleveland. And the main reason for this is let's look at the injuries here. No Jordan Clarkson, no Keontae George, no year to seven. And um, the only way with uh, Donovan Mitchell potentially being out, it'd be the only way I would stay away from this one. But I just think the way Cleveland's been playing since the injury to Garland and and Mobley, they've kind of stepped up and they've shown two really good playoff teams that they're legit. Um, even without their second and third best scores, you can see the two games without Garland and Mobley were the Hawks and the Rockets, and they won both games by five and by eight versus a kind of back and forth team in Utah. So give me. Give me Cleveland, Indiana. I think that's a minus 150. Um, it should be scrolling across the bottom of your screen actually right now. I just think I didn't. It was 154 last I checked. Um, and then, again, we're uh, the only other thing I'm leaning here is I'm going to lean Clippers uh, minus – I had it at minus three. It's minus two now. So I, w- I think – you know what? Go for it. Um, if I, I just – I don't see if – I think that might mean Paul George probably isn't going to be playing tonight. But I still like them either way. I think Kawhi goes off. If you look, they've won, they've covered a spread on seven consecutive, and they've won eight consecutive. So I'm I'm sticking with them here. I like that. And the last one is going to be a team I hate betting against, and I hate betting for. We're betting Orlando on the spread here, and this is why. So there's at home this year. And again, this might be considered a neutral game because they're not too far away from each other. But at home this year, they have covered the spread 90% of the time this year. They um, The only time they have not covered was they were favored by 11 and they only won by five. But they have won, they have won by five or more every game this year except for their first home game against the Hawks. versus a team on the road who has kind of been around the same boat. But the big thing tonight is there is no Jimmy Butler. They've only played four games without Jimmy this year in those four games without Jimmy. um, Let me pull it back up here. It won't let me pull it up on there. So I have to unfortunately pull it up on my phone and kind of go over it with you guys. But if you look in their four games this year without Jimmy Butler, they have got beaten by seven, by 15, by eight. Uh, they won by eight, and then they lost by 16. This is a team that has not fared well without Jimmy Butler, um, especially with Tyler Hero out. Bam might not be 100%. So give me Orlando to cover in this in-state rivalry. It's probably the best play I have tonight. It might even be our play of the day. I might up it to one and a half units. So we will see about that. But um, those are our best plays. We're going to have our player props posted up a little bit later tonight in a thread on Twitter. So make sure you guys stay tuned for that. Um, Coming up after the break, we are going to go over some NFL player props that I love. And we're going to give you guys a little bit of insight into tomorrow's action so make sure you guys stay tuned durham remodeling has been serving the quad cities area since 1973 and with over 50 years of excellence on their track record you'll see why it's so easy to trust their experts when it comes to all of your home improvement projects this family-owned business has you covered on all your needs protect your home or building from the elements today and get great roof repair services 
Need new windows? No problem. Durham Remodeling can upgrade your windows and doors. Whether you want to upgrade the little details in your home or office, or want to tear a room down and start fresh, the expert contractors at Durham Remodeling have your back. Even the smallest changes can completely transform your space. Ready to start entertaining your friends for backyard barbecues? Durham Remodeling will help you plan, design, and build your deck and patio for the perfect outdoor space. Durham Remodeling's work is 100% guaranteed, so you can rest assured that you're getting the best service around. Call 309-786-6715 today for your free estimate for all your roofing, siding, flooring, windows, and painting needs. That's Durham Remodeling, 309-786-6715. For frequency's sake, has you covered on all things sports. From the squared circle to the hardwood and the gridiron to the speedway, we've got something for everyone. Walk down the aisle with the boys from Cards Subject to Change every Sunday as they take a deep dive into everything pro wrestling. Need your gambling fix? We've got you there. Enter Pit Row with Rod Villagomez and Fast Money as we win the checkered flag with NASCAR, Xfinity, and truck race winners and props. Football more your style? Explore the waters of NFL DFS with DFS Deep Dive with Brian Craighead and Jordan Kernan each week. More into the science portion of the game? We've got a double dose of action there. The Professor John Bush and Dennis Michelson take you into their science lab and dissect your week in the data lab. Want an analytical take? Nick Girl and the team at Gridiron AI come to you each week with The Lab. Need to know who to start last minute? The network's flagship show, for fantasy's sake, is here in a pinch. The fellows come to you live every football Sunday from 10 to 11.30 Central with the week's best DFS, gambling, and lineup advice. And wrap up your Sundays with Joe Winkle and Nick Brinks as they come to you live with educated ignorance looking at all the day's action. Can't get enough of Joe? He comes to you three times a week. Not enough football on Sunday? Not a problem. Kick your feet up at lunch on Monday and slip on into the football lounge with Mark and Dan while they look at the week that was in news, notes, and more. For frequency's sake, you know what we mean. Welcome back. All right, so let's go over first some props here and some trends. As you can see here, um, we have uh, you know a, re a regression slowly kind of coming for the Saints. We're uh, while the Rams have been in solid form, but both teams are on a short week. The red uh, red zone and rushing yards, we kind of lean towards the Rams here. As Karen Williams is just a workhorse. Um, you got a little bit of a, I don't know, understand why there's a little bit of a passing edge here. Um, I think that's just season wide, uh, because Stafford hasn't, has been kind of iffy and there was those couple games without him. Um, but if you look against the spread this season, the saints are five and eight while the Rams are eight and five, they're two and three in their last five games and they're three and three on the road. Um, while the under is hit in 10 of their 14 games and three of their last five, and five of their seven on the road. Um, they've in the last couple of years they've only played the Rams once. The score was twenty-seven twenty. Um, and in their last five games, they're averaging about twenty-two points per game, with an average total of about forty-two. While um, you know both these teams, they're averaging together a combined fifty-two and a half points. So that's something to lean towards on an over. But unders historically have been happening on prime times. But let's let's dig into a little here. We have um, they've been 50-50 on the over under here. Um, but the big thing is is um, since their bye week, let's see if we can find their bye. When was their bye? Was it early in the year or was it late? Let me find that out real quick. I should have had this ready. I'm sorry, guys. I'm stupid. All right, they're by um, – yeah, so since their uh, bye week after Green Bay, they have went over in four of their five games. Their one under since then was that uh, that kind of abysmally slow struggling game for both teams where Geno had kind of gotten uh, a little bit injured and everything just kind of went back and forth. Um so I like again against the Cardinals team with uh, Kyler Murray back. They it was a fifty-one point game against a very good defensive team in Cleveland. It was a fifty-five point against a great defensive team in Baltimore, sixty-eight, 
And against a bad team, um, they just kind of went over this line at like 48. So um, either way here, I the big one to look at here isn't them. It's the Saints. The Saints have went under in every game except for teams that are known for uh, other than three games. Well, three games this year. Minnesota just barely hitting that mark. Um, Detroit, 61 total points, 65 and 55. And the, however, they've played two primetime games this year. It was a 37 and a 55. So that adds up to about 46 points per game, which could kind of lead to this. So as we see, like a lot of scores in the 30 here, um, they didn't hit 40 for the first time until Jacksonville. And then since then, they've scored 41. They've only had one game under – sorry, three games under 40. Um, they're due for some more regression here. So I think that I would just kind of stay away from. As we look at the team totals, their team total is 17 and a half. Again, it's went – they went over this, though, in nine of their 14 games. So while the team total has went – it's went over for both teams. So I think – but the, the big thing to look at here is the team total for both teams is 19 and a half and 22 and a half. You can hit that mark and not hit the over as the over is 45 and a half. So 19 and a half and 22 and a half puts you at 43 or 42. So they can technically both hit their line and still go over. But if you, again, you see they've went over four of their five games since the, um, since their bye week. Whereas you have a Saints team who um, who they both have the same bye week. In three of their four games since their bye week, they've went over. So I think that could also be something. But if anything, I would take the Rams over here. I, I think they're more likely going to put up 23 versus the Saints putting up 18. Um, that's just my personal um, opinion. And again, look, they've won seven of 14 games this year versus a Saints team. That's also, they're both seven and seven. I just, I think if you take any game prop there, I would take the team total over for the Rams. So we'll put that in for tomorrow. So, all right, let's go over some player props that I absolutely love. We're going to keep the minimum odds at 200. Uh, let's start with anytime touchdowns. So, in their last uh, this season, Jimmy Graham has scored a touchdown in 80% of his games. He has only played in five games this year. Um, so that is, I mean, obviously that's still good. That's um, he's getting, he's getting a lot of touches down low, but that's something to really kind of look at. But the big one is let's look at the last five again. Cooper Cup has scored a touchdown three of his five. Demetrius Robin, three of five and Olave, uh, three of five. Um, Nothing really here that I think would be good. I mean, you know, you could put a little bit of money on Jimmy Graham, I think, the way they're using him lately. Um, as you can see, look, he's gotten a lot more usage the last five games. Um, after Green Bay, he didn't get anything against uh, New England in that thir uh, in their 34 nothing win against New England. But the last three games, they've used him a lot in December. As you can see, a touchdown versus Detroit, touchdown versus Carolina, touchdown versus New York. So he might be one to kind of look at there. Uh, we go to passing yards here. Um, I mean, let's see here. Derek Carr has went under in four of his last five under that line of 232, while Stafford's went over his line in three of five. Um, last 10 hasn't been the best. This season, Derek Carr has went under in majority of his games. Um, as you can see, he even... Um, you know, the best the best real way to look at this one is simply let's see if we can get an actual stat up here. Let's let's look at his last five. So he only had 110. I think that's the game he got hurt. 300 against Carolina, uh, Atlanta. 226 against a bad defense in Detroit. Only 119 versus Carolina. And the Giants, who don't have a good – he couldn't hit this line still. Granted, they were up a couple scores, so that's probably why. But if you look at him for 
the season. He just has not been hitting it. Um, he's hit the under nine of 14 times against the team, uh, although they give up a lot of passing yards. So I think that one just might be a stay away um, versus let's look at Stafford has hit the over in just about every one of his games. The Saints are sixth in passing yards, ninth in passing attempts. So they're not giving up a lot. So I think passing yards might be a stay away. Um, let's see. We'll look at receivers here. Foster Moreau's went over his line a lot, um, but we're going to look last five because a lot of these guys haven't been playing a lot. Um, in his last five, Kamara's went over his line four of five. Um, he, he They give the ball to him as much as possible. Uh, if you look here, his – good God, why does this thing always mess up the stats? Um, yeah, this was not the best uh, use of my time. Um, as you can see, he had negative 11 receiving yards against Carolina. Um, but other than that one game – he had, look, he had 33 still, 50, 58, 44. He's went over this line a lot. Um, you could even take his rushing and uh, rushing and uh, receiving yards line against a team that gives up the 21st most amount of rush yards. Um, so there's, there's been a lot of good plays. I'm going to switch it over to our friend Outlier here for some really big ones. Now, a hit rate in five consecutive games here is Puka under five and a half receptions. Um, as you can see, he's actually hit this in seven consecutive games. He's failed to exceed this in five games though, against top 10 defenses. Now, if you look, he's still getting, um, he still has the most targets, which comes from beginning of the year. Um, and he's still, ha he's tied for the most red zone targets. Um, cause this is a team that likes to run the ball on the red zone. Um, they're giving up the third least amount of receptions to wide receivers. This team plays very good defense. Um, but they've kind of struggled the last couple of weeks. Um, their uh, their defense has just kind of been back and forth. Um, as I'm going to pull up here, as against the Giants, they kind of got to DeVito super quick, but they had three different receivers get 14 against... Uh, Against the Lions, they let Laporta go off for nine catches, but he's a tight end, so a little bit different. Against the Panthers, they let Thielen go off for 74. Against the Falcons, in that loss to the Falcons, um, Ritter threw it 13 times. They had uh, Drake London. So the big thing is they're not giving up a lot of catches, but they're giving up big yardage. As um, The big one to notice is they let TJ uh, – Hawkinson go off for 11. So tight end yards. So Higby might be a move because they tend to give up a lot to tight ends, but Puka hasn't hit this in the last five games. That might be one to look at. We're going to look at it again. We're going to post our full plays um, a little bit later. So I actually want to see what Tyler Higby's um, receiving yards line is at, because the big thing to look at here is three of five. He's exceeded in this line when they're favored by less than seven. Uh, but the big thing is, is this, is they give up the ten, the 12th most amount of receiving yards to tight ends. Not only that, his receiving yard is, his receiving line is two and a half. Again, he's exceeded this line in six of eight games against top passing defenses because they're shutting down that lane and they're giving up about four and a half to tight ends. So I think Tyler Higby's uh, receiving yards is going to be a go-to for us in this matchup. Um, I think the big thing you have to look at is where are these teams like the worst defensively? Um, as you can see here, we got Stafford over 21 and a half completions. That hasn't been, um, that's not a stat they can really kind of look at because that's game by game. But um, we see a lot of ones. Uh, Kamara's receiving yards again. Um, we hit up on that one. The. Rams give up. Um, he's exceeded this in eight of his last nine games. Um, he gets, he's gotten the third most, the second most out of active players in the red zone and the second most out of everyone on the team. And they don't give up a lot of receiving yards to um, running backs. I think the big thing there is you have a man named Aaron Donald down there, and that's something to look at. 
not really other than that a lot we have so far other than that one um you know Juwan Johnson's been having a couple good games um I think with Michael Thomas out he's been playing a lot better let me let me see if I can find him here and yeah with with Michael Thomas out this season he's went over this line in two of those four games not to mention they're giving up um the seventh most amount to tight end and as you can see this season um let me clear out that michael thomas filter i just want to see something in the games he's played this season he's getting about 10 percent of the target share he's getting about four targets per game he's catching 60 percent of his targets as you can see, look, five, four, seven, three, three, and he only had two, but he had two receptions and two targets, and he had 38 yards in those two. So I really like him here. That might be um, a good one to look at is his over. Um, I'm going to flip this to over 21 and a half, um, and we're going to go ahead and take that one right there. So I think those are our two early plays um, along with the team total. As I'm looking at a couple of these, Kamara's rushing. I don't really trust that with the way he's been playing and then going against um, a line with Aaron Donald. Uh, Graham's touchdown is plus 650. That might be one to look at. Um, other than that, uh, Shahid could be good for a good game. I think Cup's probably going to have a good game. Um, he's never played this team head to head, but his last two games, he's, they've kind of picked up the pace and put the ball in his hands. Um, as you can see, he's get, he went from like, let's look at his season. So he was getting about nine targets. They kind of slowed him down a bit here in the last couple of games since the bye, And then the last two games, he's gotten eight and 10 targets and he went off for 115 and 111 yards. So, um, versus a team that they give up, uh, they don't give up a lot of receiving yards. So I might I might take an alternate here. I might do like uh something like 50 and then add it with something else. Cause if you see with 50, again, he's only hit this in four of his seven, ten games this year. But I still think he gets 50 against this team. They've like the way they've been playing him. I just don't trust the 75. So um we'll keep it with that. That'll be it for today. Once again, all of our plays, one more time real fast. We have in the NCAA, Baylor plus three, Xavier SJU to go over their total, UConn minus eight and a half, Pitt, uh, Purdue-Fort Wayne over on their total, New Mexico minus nine and a half, NBA, we got money line action from Clippers, Kings, Knicks, um, Cavs, and Pacers money line parlay, Clippers minus three, and Magic minus four and a half. And then so far, we have two. NBA, uh, NFL bets, and it's Tyler Higby over 23 and a half receiving yards, Juwan Johnson over 21 and a half receiving yards. That is going to be it for us today. Those are our plays. We're going to be reposting those again. And again, all of our player props, we're going to be posting a little bit later tonight. We're going to be uh, putting a thread on why we like these plays, why we think they're going to hit, and how we're going to break it down even farther from there. Thank you guys for watching. Uh, if you're watching over from Instagram, um, well, I guess the Instagram feed just kind of kicked itself out there a second ago. So, uh, <laughs> so we're we're gonna break down everything again for you guys a little bit later on. Make sure you guys again stay tuned for everything tonight. Thank you guys all for watching and have a great night.